0: This episode of MBSing is sponsored by the Mighty Mighty Iron Galaxy. We make lots of games, you might even like a few. Follow us on Twitter at I2TheG. That's I-T-O-T-H-E-G. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is the lovely Liz Caradonna, and she talked to me about her love of advice columns, and uh, I admit to her that's something that I've never really sought out, Or and it, it was so funny um, to hear her have basically the opposite experience, that once she finds an advice column, she just pours through it, and can't uh, uh, fathom anyone not wanting to. So I think that's a pretty good sign um, that it's something that she really loves um, in such a specific way. And uh, something else we spent a decent amount of time talking about in this episode is the fact that Liz was on a now-retired one-group mind team with me, Reagan Reagan, and uh, so many other people from the group, everyone else from the group has been on the show, and Liz was the last remaining member, so we spent some time at the top kind of recapping that and her experience with um, uh, the podcast and with recording in general. Um, so that's a lot of fun for me, and I think for Liz, too. We do end up uh, reminiscing a good bit in here, but I think it makes sense for the topic, um, especially because of something that Liz says during the recording, uh, that all advice is autobiographical, and, and she thinks that's why it's such a fascinating, um, uh, You know Aspect of, of journalism and, and however you want to view Advice columns is why it's such a fascinating thing for her Because uh, she thinks you actually learn a lot About the person giving the advice So maybe that'll hold true Maybe you'll feel like you leave this With this uh, really interesting understanding Of the person that Liz is I think this was a blast And uh, a great representation of um Who she is and how smart and fun she is to uh get advice from and um count as a friend uh so we did field four actual um requests of for advice and we answered those during well we she and i kind of added in here and there um we answered those during the recording, so I look forward to everyone hearing the answers to those, whether or not you sent one in or knew that was happening or anything. Anywho, I'm talking about things that you're going to be witnessing later on in the episode. I don't have that many plugs. I do want to say a big thank you to everyone who contributed or supported otherwise the Kickstarter for the Nerd Logs. We have successfully funded our game Fisticuffs, we will be getting a print of one thousand copies of that card game. Um and a vast majority of those will get sent out to those Kickstarter backers and that's so exciting. That's something we would not have been able to do without this project and everyone's support. So um thank you for that and thank you for listening to me talk about it a lot if you're a regular listener of the show. I appreciate um, Everyone's support and patience in that process. Uh, I think that's it. That's all I'm going to do. Have, uh, enjoy this episode. Have a happy and safe 4th of July. And catch up with your friends. Enjoy time with your loved ones. We are all in this together. And uh, don't be afraid to solicit advice to help you realize the things that you already know about your situation. <laughs> I think that's probably the main idea of this. Enjoy.
1: So MBSing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is in the context of like some fitness challenge that I was signing up for. Right. And it was like set three fitness goals and then one personal goal. Mm-hmm. I invited you to do it and mm-hmm. a couple of our other friends. And I remember you being like, for a personal goal, I think I'm going to start a podcast. I've always talked about doing it, so I might as well do it. <laughs> and then you just... Did it. <laughs> you just like. Yeah. Then the, it was like the next week. You were like, okay, my podcast is up. Yeah. <laughs> like, here we are three years later.
0: Yeah. And that's it what is. You've been doing. Uh, yeah. I tell people that every once in a while, as a part of like the origin story of the show, um, because. It, but, like, I don't know if I would have started it if you hadn't invited me to do this thing that, like, I didn't want to let myself down uh, <laughs> for these, like, think, little though, goals. Like, I don't
1: think you... Did you even do the fitness part?
0: Uh, I did. I did. Um, I don't think I, I, I achieved, like, all of the goals that I set for myself, but I did. I was way unemployed at the time. That's true. So I was looking for, like, anything to fill time so I didn't go real cray-cray um and I did like a bunch of Jillian Michaels 30 day shred that was one of my goals um I ran more than I've probably ever run in any like six week period in my life (laughs) which still wasn't very much (laughs) I think my goal was like 10 miles a week and I'm not sure I think I met it once or twice but I don't think I did a couple of other times and like That's still good. That's still like
1: ten miles
0: more than I would have (laughs) run. And then I can't remember exactly what the other one was. I think it had something to do with like not eating after a late time. Oh yeah, I
1: don't know. It was like (laughs) some ridiculously late time. (laughs) Yeah, it was like well for you
0: eleven thirty. I think I thought it was ten thirty, but it may have been later than that.
1: It was was something crazy, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like pearl (laughs) clutching. How can you be
0: eating after nine? That's the Lord's time. I love it. that's the one that, like, got your, that, like, ruffled you the most. Like, oh. Well, it's just, like,
1: occasionally people have goals or, like, things they want out of life that, Uh like, it never even occurs to me that someone could have that problem.
0: I think part of it was that I didn't have any sort of schedule for myself. That's true. So part of it was also like, well, if I stop eating at a certain time and then I get hungry, then I have to go to sleep because I can't eat anymore.
1: (laughs) But I do remember, like, you telling me that goal and me being like, (laughs) "Very (laughs) best." I feel as if you just said to me, My goal is to stop, like, taking a huge dump on my porch every time I get
0: home. (laughs) Uh, See, but, like, that's just what kind of person you are. Like, you're so logical, and, like, everyone else's inadequacies seem, like, laughable to you. (laughs) <laughs> I yeah. think, which I think dovetails nicely into the uh, topic at it, hand. Yeah, definitely <laughs> does. My guest today, my long-awaited guest. <laughs> yes, three years <laughs> who the waiting was such a huge part of this actually happening. I think it's just been two years. Oh really? I'm, yeah. Okay. I may have like talked enough about the concept of doing a podcast before I actually <laughs> did it that. Oh, that's right.
1: It was two years.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, but <laughs> I, I do know that when I first asked everyone in Ray Gun, because that was, like, the go-to people that I wanted to do it, um, and, like, most people were like, oh, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. And Liz was like, oh, man, uh, you go, you, I will not be doing that. <laughs> like, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> and I told you the reason why. Yeah. Too, which is you, that... I'm frightened of the sound of my own voice, (laughs) and I will not be listening to this.
0: That's fine. Um, It's funny, I did think about the fact that uh, (laughs) because we got ousted from the other recording studio, we don't have the sweet, like, cans, (laughs) monitors, and I was like, well, that's for the best. Liz would not have used them. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 it's super bad. I mean,
1: I have not... In my entire life, recorded an outgoing voicemail message.
0: (laughs) Do you get other people to do it, or you just always use like a Yeah, I actually, I I once had,
1: you know, um, singer songwriter Mike Doty? (laughs) I, I once had him record my outgoing voicemail message. Um, Like after a show? Yeah, like after a show one time. (laughs) I I didn't explain to him, like, it's because I'm afraid
0: to. Because I have a crippling (laughs) fear of hearing my own voice. I have a
1: very, very, like, weird and specific anxiety about, like, vocal recordings. Um, (laughs) But, no, I just, I I mean, I just told him that that's what I... It was actually... At the time, I was listening to a lot of "Wait, wait, don't tell me." So, oh like, hell the yeah! The thought of like a famous person recording your outcome. Oh, voice. Now, that's it hilarious! It, it, it just seemed logical to me because you're like, like, "Oh, this is my own Carl
0: Castle." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get that. That actually makes a lot more sense than you just, like, randomly deciding that you wanted to. Yeah, this no, no, no. songwriter it wasn't, to do it, your it voice. Just so,
1: it just so happened that I had not recorded a greeting, and I already had plenty of autographs from him, so... Um, and the, the message said something... <laughs> I was like, gonna ask. Yeah, it was like... Hi, this is Mike Doty. Liz is off doing something nefarious and indescribable,
0: <laughs> so leave a message. Did you? Did that was his own like color commentary? Yeah, that
1: was his. He, That's great. That's except, a great voicemail message. Well, yeah, except it was in his voice, so it was probably it probably sounded more like nefarious uh, and <laughs> indescribable. <laughs> so I hope leave a lot a message. of <laughs>
0: I hope a lot of big Mike Doty fans really appreciate that, that joke more
1: than I do. That <laughs> is a not-well-hidden Easter egg for the four of you <laughs> who are a fan of his music.
0: Let's this. Um, so was Before we get into your topic, what's the origin of your hatred of the sound of your own voice? I have
1: no idea. Really? I seriously don't, because when—oh, okay, a couple things come to
0: mind. I know you told me one thing about, like, a weird radio experience oh, you yes. had.
1: And definitely that is where, like, the fear intensified. Gotcha. But I was definitely, like, the no voicemail thing before uh, that. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, when I was a kid, I used to record my voice all the damn time. Uh-huh. Because I was definitely that kid with, like, the boom box, with the mic, <laughs> with, like, the double tape deck. Yes. And, uh, like, among many other things, I would make these tapes that were, like, me... Uh, pretending to be a radio station, yes, which would mean like that I was like the DJ, the commercials, and the vocalist on all of the songs. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And I would do the same thing with with video. Like we, you know, we had one of those over the shoulder camcorders, and mm-hmm. I it would be like MTV, where like I am every artist. <laughs> Every VJ... In Carson Daly. Well, <laughs> introducing way pre, all the videos. Way
0: pre-Carson Daly. Oh, By yeah, the time sure, Carson sure. Daly
1: came around, I was definitely old enough to have, like, spru- Not sprouted a sense of shame <laughs> that, was, that would keep me from continuing to do that. Well,
0: if only he had sprouted his own, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously.
1: <laughs> um, but anyway, somewhere somewhere in between that uh-huh. and adulthood... Um, <laughs> it became just, like, a super weird thing for me. Um, and there was that, so, yeah, the experience I, I talked to you about was, like, having to do this interview on my college radio station mm-hmm. to promote a musical that I had directed. <laughs> and, um...
0: Was it an original I'm, like, musical? i almost
1: shaking just, like, recounting really? the story because... I felt
0: bad almost b- bringing it up, but I was just curious to see. Because it was see. one of
1: those, you know, it was, like, your classic radio station, like, headphones on... <laughs> Big like round mic drop down, and sure. I'm getting interviewed about this thing. And I, I don't know why I couldn't handle it, but uh, my reaction to being in that um, environment was just like to swear profusely, <laughs> and like not. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't even like all swears. Like some of it was just like I would lean into the microphone and then just be like, <laughs> ballsack. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel so bad in retrospect that, like, this <laughs> girl editing the interview they just, like, had to make it suitable for, for radio was just, it like, because I was lie? insane. No, no, no. Okay. It was, it was pre-taped. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, like, oh, so, so but bad. Um, two other things occurred to me as connected to this topic, um... One is that like singing vocal recordings I don't have this problem. Interesting. Yeah, I have I you know I've recorded
0: So it's like, like an accent like when you when yes. you're talking it comes out but when you're singing yes. it's gone. Exactly. I'm like
1: I'm used to the sound <laughs> of my singing voice like, Okay. I find it helpful like sure. I hear it in headphones I sure. can hear it in a recording it's not a problem. That's
0: so funny. Um and Which then, is lovely, by the way. Your singing voice is lovely. <laughs> thank you
1: very <thank laughs> much. So is yours. Your talking voice is lovely, too. It's I think it's weird. I, I mean, when I listen to it, I'm like, it's there's too much nose. <laughs> it's too much of, like, a round sound. I, uh-huh. I don't know. I think my, my singing voice is, like, much, much brighter, uh-huh. but, like, much more forward. Uh-huh. Speaking voice is much more like, I oh, I'm back <laughs> of my right now. Um, uh-huh. Final thought uh-huh. on this. Um. I had this experience very first day of Level 3 at I.O., um, and first scene that I got up to do, first line I said, the instructor, who shall remain unnamed, because they're a very well-respected figure in, the, in this community, <laughs> the instructor stopped the scene and said, try that again, but in your normal voice. Oh, no! And I was and like... And you... And it wasn't... That it, was my normal voice. So that was horrible. Oh, no. It was just, like,
0: very super... Will early. you tell me who it was off mic?
1: Uh, yeah. It, it was shots. <laughs> That's yeah. what I figured.
0: I yeah. <laughs> well, he's the only one who did uh, I, three, mean, right? I mean, like, everyone knew who, uh, um, would have any reason to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, anyone who was gonna know knew already <laughs> when you said yeah. level three, but he'll remain nameless. <laughs> And that's like, of course, a note that he would give. Oh yeah, I don't care. He's never going to listen to this. Anyone who would would be like, yeah, that's something he would say. (laughs)
1: And and now you say it like, I wonder who else he has said that to. Like, I wonder who else is like, creeping around Chicago, being like, no, I'm so self-aware. (laughs)
0: Oh, no.
1: Sounds real weird.
0: Uh, I have a really, I have a short um, story, relatively similar, um, not about myself, but I stepped into um, a set of uh, 5B shows, like, mid-show one time a couple years ago. Oh, gosh, it has to have been, like, three-plus years ago now. um, And Ben Russell was in the show. um, Who I know. Who you know. Um and uh, I saw him and like he was in the first scene that I saw and he was doing this great Australian accent and I was like oh <laughs> man like got a scene in Australia this guy's nailing it <laughs> and then I saw like a few more scenes and by the end of the show I was like this uh, who's this fucking guy I think he is? Like, why does he keep just, like, crutching on this Australian accent thing? Because he did a couple other scenes that weren't in an Australian accent, and I found out not that night, like, weeks later, someone was like, yeah, Ben Russell's from Australia, and I was like, oh, <sighs> fuck. Like, <laughs> You just
1: reminded me of the first college football game I ever saw. <laughs> so I, I went to high school in New Hampshire. I used to go down every fall... UMass would have um, band day, yes. in which every high school band, yes. you know, would come in from all over New England, like early, early, four o'clock in the morning. They'd be, you know, like teaching band? Yeah, like they, they'd be. But we weren't a marching band. Okay, so it was I was like, like, you didn't do marching steep, band, did you? Steep learning curve okay. for our band. Okay, um, you know, but they would they would teach you a what is it a routine? They teach you a march,
0: <laughs> a, some choreography, <laughs> a routine march. Yeah, I think they. I think it would be. Considered, I don't know. A mar- yeah, I mean, a, they teach you a routine. They I teach think, you a song. You right like have learned word. a song
1: beforehand, and they teach you walking that went with it. Uh-huh. When you got there, uh, um, and then they'd have all these high school bands like do a thing together play at, at halftime. At the game? Oh, that's but, awesome! Um, so, so UMass was playing um, James Madison University mm-hmm. in that game. And I didn't really know anything about football, colleges, (laughs) or, like, anything south of Connecticut (laughs) at that time. And, um... Like, the, the commentators of that game kept, like, saying things like, another forward pass by James Madison. And I'm sitting there in the stands, like... <laughs> that guy like, is okay, great. First, one, that's hilarious. One of the teams has a player named after the president, James Madison. And number two, like, God, all the other guys on his team are so lazy. <laughs> he's
0: the only, he's, one, doing he's the only one doing anything. That's amazing. Did you say these thoughts aloud? Yeah. Oh, no. And it wasn't,
1: like, it wasn't as similarly, like, it wasn't even oh, that no. day that I learned Oh that, like, no. that was a college, oh, no. and that that college was playing UMass in that game. <laughs>
0: That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh. Okay. So, let's get down to brass tacks. All right. Liz is going to be talking to me about her love of advice columns. Um, and, which is also something that, like, we have talked about probably since I started <laughs> talking about doing the podcast. <laughs> it was, like, around the same time. Uh, but what is the origin of your love for advice columns, if you could cite it? Um,
1: it's hard to cite a specific... Moment. Uh I think it's more like, I feel like I always had a love of advice columns and, and like, advice as a genre. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you the, like, time period when it became unlocked from within me. Perfect. Which was, like, shortly after graduating college, um, I had a very... Challenging in a bad way, like media sales job.
0: Okay, and um, media sales meaning you um, had to
1: meaning like I was selling um, television local television commercial inventory. Oh, to God. local businesses, like a job that that. You know, I thought was great when I took it because I was working in television. Right. Um, But was very bad when I started working it because I was working in sales. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) <laughs> and so it was like, a, it was a very, really, really tough, like six, seven months of my life. And, mm-hmm. um, and during that time I became really, really interested in two things at the same time. Um, one of them was dear prudence on slate.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And which, which I now kind of dislike. I mean, I think she's phoning it in Oh,
0: oh shade throne. Prudence. take Prudence. <laughs> <Thank> you, prudence. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and then the second was, um, Dr. Phil.
0: Oh, that's hilarious.
1: I was coming home from work, and like I would sit down with a box of Cheez Its and I would watch two episodes back to back of
0: <laughs> Dr. That was Phil. probably like his heyday.
1: It totally was. And yeah. I loved him unironically. <laughs> that's
0: so funny. I,
1: because it, I mean, it was an amazing thing, and it was something I, I guess that I hadn't seen like in very many of my, my personal relationships was like somebody who took. You know, I was, like, 22, and I, I I had very little exposure to people that took a pragmatic approach to how you ought to live your life. Sure. And, um... As most 22-year-olds probably don't. You, you know, like, when you're... But but when you're young, and I, you know, I noticed this, like, when I give advice to 22-year-olds now, like, you care a lot about what things, what things mean. Yeah. Like, you have a very, um... There's a word in philosophy, uh, a very, like... Deontological sense of of right and wrong, like okay. where what you should do and what you shouldn't do is like not based on the outcomes you're going to get, but based on the motivations and the principles that you're you're acting okay by. interesting and, and Dr. Phil is this figure who like became notorious for um for phrases like and how's that working out for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes you know at the time i think it represented a turning point in in my like ability to view situations that like you know the deeper meaning of something. It's not totally irrelevant all the time, um, but like if it's not resulting in the outcomes that you would hope for, like, right? It, it kind of doesn't matter yeah, what your sure. intentions are.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a really good point, and probably a uh, way earlier time that most than most people realize that if they ever do, um, in terms of like <laughs> decision making and life very true. steps and things like that. Um, and also, like, yeah, I, f- I just feel like that's such a young person thing, to be <laughs> like, well, this is why I did this. It was like, well, yeah. this is what it fucked well, up. <laughs> you
1: know what young people say, too, is like, I can't do that because that would look like this. Like, right. It's really, like, so much about how you look. Right. And the thing is that, like, nobody but you really cares how you
0: look. Because everyone else is worried about how they look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. For the most part, that is the reason why no one cares. <laughs> yes. So
1: those are like the two starting points that that kind of converge together around the same period of time, and then it just became an interest of mine. And every time over the years since then that I discover a new advice oh, columnist, I, this. I will just like read the entire archive. Really. Like, like front to back it's bad it's like when i that's crazy when i become aware of a new vice, advice columnist it's like clear my schedule <laughs> <laughs> i got some this woman has been
0: writing since 2004 <laughs> These are very out-of-date requests. (laughs) These could mostly easily be fixed with cell phone technology. (laughs) (laughs) Most advice is not dated, though. Yeah, I think that's true. You'd be
1: surprised how few advice columns from, from 2004 are like, how do I get... Panic at the Disco, too. <laughs> it's, all, it's all very timely. It's because they were pretty easy to get. <laughs> that was, like, in less than one second of thinking, like, the one 2004 reference. Oh, no, that, like, that was on, on
0: fucking but. point.
1: Panic at the Disco, The Biggest Loser, um, <laughs> and I guess Duraflame Logs were, like, a staple. <laughs> They were, like, a staple of my life in 2004. Okay, all right. Cool, 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 yeah. Not
0: necessarily um, Any other years of <laughs> life. Um, uh, okay, wait. So, um. here's what I've come to
1: understand <laughs> about about advice columns since then. So, like, I got hooked by a couple of, of distinct personalities mm-hmm. and, like, you know, a feeling of, of needing perspective shift at that time. Sure. Um, but what has kept me hooked on advice columns... And made me like always dream of of being an advice columnist and like my giving me my love of giving advice uh-huh. is and I I do not know who this phrase is stolen from but I heard at one point um, the the statement all advice is autobiographical.
0: Oh, I love that! I know because it's so true and. And
1: that's why, like, that's how I make sense of, like, why I care about it and why, why like, I love getting it and giving it is, like, that every time somebody asks me for advice on something, like, they're inviting me to, like, review my own life and myself through the lens of, like, whatever ingredients and, and situation they've put in front of me. That's
0: fucking great. I love it's it. It's so true. And, like, how interesting that the thing that you thrive on about it is like that it just forces you to think about your own shit <laughs> yeah.
1: well but it's both sides too it's like I love giving it because it's an opportunity to like reassemble the things inside me that I know and that I feel um but I also <laughs> love getting it you know and I love I love like overhearing it, which is basically what you're doing when you're reading sure. an advice column, because it's, you know, it's like hearing a, a memoir, but told in a, in a different voice. Sure. Um, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, you'll get a more distinct point of view from somebody's advice than you probably will from asking them, like, what's your point of view
0: on that this That is so interesting and true based on my <laughs> experience Uh, With it Cause like Yeah It's not It's also funny because You can also tell yourself that like Well some people who give advice Are colored by You know Things Mm -hmm. they've read And other people that they've Interpreted advice from But it's like You're still filtering it Through them
1: Everybody is a You know You're You're just a Just a lens
0: And at the same time uh, Receiving advice you have to also keep that in mind of, like, I think that's why it's important to detail as much, like, uh, uh, of, like, what you're bringing to the advice request,
1: I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know that thing where it's, like, that sort of trope where it's like if you're having trouble making a decision like flip a coin and make a decision based on how you feel about how the coin toss ends up sure um, I, you know I think that that can be the point of advice I, I don't think a lot of people are like Going to someone for advice, thinking that they're going to apply literally what the someone says. Sure. But sometimes it's just like it's kind of like sonar. Like you've got to just send out a signal to figure out like where the walls are. Sure. For you. Yeah. And um, you know your your reaction, good or bad, to the advice that someone gives you is going to tell you what you actually want to do.
0: Yeah. The worst is when someone gives you advice that you know is the right advice, but you don't want to do. It. Oh
1: yeah. Well, and that's like usually the thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's that's true. I mean, and the the last time that I can remember like not necessarily seeking someone's advice, but like starting into a conversation because the person called me out on like the tone of which I said something <laughs> <laughs> and they were like hold on, hold on hold on hold on like what is this um and like everything that was said I needed to hear and there were a lot of things that I hadn't thought about at all so it was like wonderfully refreshing in terms of like not looking for it but needing it for sure and actually having like stumbled into a good person to be talking about the situation
1: and that's one of my favorite genres of advice is kind of like (laughs) the mirror style where like you know you ask me for advice and I don't tell you what to do I just say like and yes I noticed that when you talked about this (laughs) and and, and just point something out to you that's like That makes you go
0: like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like,
1: what do you make of
0: that? (laughs) That's amazing, though. I mean, like, that's just helping people's own self-awareness, I think. Mm -hmm. Which so many people need so much help with. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I like another, like, variant of the mirror style is kind of like, I, I don't really have a name for it, but it's more like the stupid question advice, which I think is very, very Dr. Phil. Like, I I ask people a lot, like, well, what would happen if you didn't do that? Or, like, what is it that makes you upset about that prospect? Right. And having to answer that question, I think, like, sometimes deflates people's balloons because it's, like, once you put into words what the worst-case scenario is or, like, what you're really upset about, you just realize how trifling it is.
0: Yeah. Super true. Um, especially because usually, I would say, in that sort of circumstance, especially because there's usually, like, a deeper problem, Mm -hmm. and you're focusing on one annoyance about said thing, that, like, so it's like, hey, this seems like you're more frustrated by this than you should be. What are we actually talking about here? Because fuck that thing, you know, like... It's either going to be water under the bridge or whatever it's going to be, but, like, little yes. bullshit things are going to keep happening unless...
1: And that is why my favorite... I am able to name a favorite advice column. I was going to so, ask. Favorite advice column is Ask Polly, okay. which is now in the Atlantic, I think, was on the hairpin for a long time. Okay. Um And... She is an absolute master of, you know, and I'm sure part of it's in the way she chooses the letters, but definitely in the way she she answers them. She's a master of answering the unasked question. Really? And of, re- you know, really, truly reading between the lines of, huh. of what people are saying. Uh-huh. And she, like, she really gets elbows deep in this stuff. That's like, she awesome. totally, Ask Polly is, like, the anti- Um, Dear Prudence, because, like, (laughs) there's no, like, more disgusting or shameful detail that she won't, like, pick apart, like, into into its, like, most basic elements.
0: That's awesome. Um, So, do you feel like Dear Prudence specifically... Like focuses a lot on the details of the actual situation. Is that what you're saying? I just think Dear Prudence. Is I'm not like, really that familiar. She's,
1: you know, she's definitely one of the more popular advice columnists. But I think like she, she takes everything at face value and like sometimes can barely scratch the surface of things. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also just like not very individualized, and I think she she comes at advice. From the perspective of, like, this is what's proper, this is what's common, this is what's, like, the least offensive potential way to do this. And, like, rather than, like, engaging with the person as a person. Right. Which is, like, definitely more interesting to read. Sure. Um, If you want to read two, I was going to say one, but if you want to read two Ask Polly columns. Uh huh. um, I, I just reread one yesterday that is one of my favorites ever. I call it the Hampton House episode because it like contains some some Kanye lyrics okay. um, <laughs> that include that phrase. Um, that's all about like how how to stop dating tepid people. Interesting. Got that, that into you. Another one, completely opposite side of the coin that I love of hers is um, some guy writes to her saying, like, alright, Polly, like, explain to me logically why I shouldn't cheat on my wife. Here's the deal. And then he, like, lays out what he thinks is his argument for, like, why it should be okay for him to cheat on his wife. Wow. And the way that she patiently and exhaustively just like eviscerates this fucker. Oh, that sounds it's, incredible. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable, like both the restraint that she starts out with uh-huh. and the, <laughs> the the like depth that she gets to by by the end. It's like one of my favorite things I've ever read. Read. Like period. It, it's, like, it's books,
0: yeah. articles like anything. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's so so good. Uh so here's my question. Uh, based on that is like do you think there's I mean do you think that people who read Ask Polly uh, and other advice columns are looking for advice for themselves or do you think that it's only uh, or do you think it's something people do just (coughs) as like kind of voyeurism yeah
1: um yes (laughs) <laughs> I, I I think both I mean, I think I think, like on its face, we're reading advice columns like because we have that voyeuristic instinct, like for it's sure the same same reason we watch reality shows,
0: oh yeah, um, that's
1: a good point, but at the same time, like what? what is voyeurism about? Like, it's a, about like, you often imagining yourself. ourselves in situations and like, how would I handle this? And who would I be in this scenario? Which like, is do I also know totally
0: a like, reality this. TV thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, cause like, who doesn't watch, especially like, reality TV competition shows and be like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, I would have. I would definitely have yeah. won that challenge. That's really interesting. I guess I never would have thought about it, because um, uh, I feel like the only times I've ever really read advice stuff are if it was in something that I was already reading. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never been something I really sought out, but, like, I used to read Reader's Digest a lot, because my parents got it, so I would read the ones, <laughs> yeah, like, um, and they are like, leaving it on the back of their toilet, so if I was ever pooping in my parents' bedroom, <laughs> I would read Reader's Digest. So that's a little bit about me. Um, So I'd usually read the advice that was in those. They were usually pretty like short and pretty innocuous. Um, as most of Reader's Digest is short and it's innocuous, so short. <laughs> Everything in it is super short. I think that's why I liked it so much because I could just like read a bunch and feel like I accomplished mm-hmm. something. But it's just because it was just like nothing. <laughs> I was reading nothing. Um, I didn't realize it was supposed to be like you know you're you're actually supposed to read like full books, not just Reader's Digest. And then like if I was ever reading comics. Um, And they happen to be on the same page as, like, Dear Abby columns. I would read Mm -hmm. Dear Abby columns. Um, So to me, the idea of someone, like, seeking out advice columns is interesting in and of itself. Because it's just not something I've ever thought to do. And,
1: like, I, on the other side... I I just can't imagine how anyone could not read it. Like, I can't imagine how anyone could, like, see an advice column, like, online somewhere, like, that they've never read before. (laughs) Like, read the column and then be like, that's fine. I don't need to read any more, like, things that this person has read
0: (laughs) That's so funny. How often do, like, are there ones that you check all the time? Like, I... As Polly's yeah, still going, Polly, so you yeah, check, I check out the all the time.
1: time. Um, you know what stopped recently, but that I used to, like, wake up early on the day it was published, was um, <laughs> a Gawker column by Katie Weaver called um, That's Not Okay. That's with a Z. Um, <laughs> which is so different from any of the people I've talked about so far. Because okay. she has absolutely no qualms about, like not relating to the letter writer whatsoever. And she, like, she will openly mock them for things that she thinks are not okay. That's kind of, like, the, the, the concept of the column is, like, every, she every letter tell you ends like with, it is. with, is that okay? And then the answer starts with, that's okay, or that's not okay. That's so funny! Um, and that's really cool, just because, like, I, I don't know. It's kind of a different way of, of relating to people, it. I think, where it's like the, the value is not in the relationship that the, the advice giver has with the letter writer, but mm. in, in the relationship the author has
0: with the readers. Cool. Um, oh, man. But that's interesting that you think that, that is unique in that. Like that, that most other advice columnists are trying to relate more to the person who writes the advice. I think a reader.
1: lot of the ones that I like to read do, um, and it's definitely more. Like that's not okay. Is is definitely like funnier sometimes mm-hmm. because of the letters than mm-hmm. because of, of the
0: advice that's given. Um because people are willing to write outlandish things. Yeah, like, to a, see. like
1: outlandish things and just like incredibly petty things. Like uh, she'll get letters that are like there was one one time that was somebody writing in who was like really upset that her roommate was copying her. Like, she had seen a tutorial on Pinterest for, like, how to arrange a string of lights in a particular way in her bedroom, and then her roommate had done the very same thing. And she was, like, very, very Angry. upset about it.
0: And, you know, it was, yeah. just, it was just a hoot. Like, right, right, right. Know? So so, <laughs> just so like, her response was uh, to the effect of, like...
1: Of, like, <laughs> just very skillful mockery. Right. <laughs>
0: That's great,
1: and I think that's fun too.
0: That I mean, that, that sounds awesome. really fun to as especially as as a reader being like, yeah, like fuck this person for thinking <laughs> <Yeah>. that like <laughs> they have any right to <laughs> say that it's bad that their roommate like <laughs> copies them. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's great. Um, cool. I'm trying to think. So. You have thought about and even, like, written a first post on starting your own advice column? Yeah,
1: I've tried. Yeah? I just, um, I haven't been able to stick with it. And part of it is just that, like, it's hard to source advice when you're not, like, I have to imagine, even for an established advice columnist, like, they're probably throwing out 90% or more of the letters they receive just because they don't, like, spark a particularly interesting series of thoughts or you know or just that they're they're boring so um yeah i mean definitely if i had hundreds of letters coming to me all the time i would not have trouble keeping up an advice blog it's just you know how do you
0: begin yeah, yeah if you're
1: not if you're not getting queries um very often, mm-hmm. um, the stakes are just, like, riding a little too high on, like, whether Ryan's going to drive out to his uh, family's house for things. <laughs> Which I don't think he did, right?
0: Even though I told him to. I don't remember if he did or not. Um, but I knew I think he that decided was not to
1: after I after I like painstakingly explained to him that like he needed to he grow should. there.
0: Or just yeah, yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. I loved how yeah you outlined so much in response, and then I I didn't remember if he did or not.
1: He did. He didn't take my advice,
0: <laughs> but maybe my advice was what he needed to to realize what he actually to. Wanted to. Sure, that's fair. Um, so I guess this is a decent segue into uh, yes. doing the um, four letters of advice that <laughs> we were able to field in the last couple weeks. Um, Hence, uh, a case in point for your uh. good, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> we put this up what like three weeks ago, and yeah, we got four letters. So. And I
0: tried, I tried plugging it as much as I could. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there's how do people start advice columns
1: I think they take over a post that was held by somebody else okay um, they get a job in a, in a publication
0: mm-hmm. that you know already had something like established yes well I guess that's where I but like where did how did those people get hired in the first place I have no idea <laughs> I, I have, seriously I mean it's
1: like how do the rich get rich (laughs) you know
0: silver spoons
1: rich rich in queries (laughs) rich in um queries yeah so i've only really skimmed these so if you want to weigh in also we can like work through our advice together
0: cool um i have read them but don't probably won't have as good uh answers to them as you might but um let's start with let's start with this one I'm pretty sure I know who this is from um but uh especially because it ends with such a such a real solid joke um, uh dear Liz I live in a small suburban or I'm sorry in a small southern town and do my best to stay involved in the community. I serve on many boards of directors for local civic and charitable organizations. Most of the other members of these boards are dumb, uneducated buffoons that couldn't find their ass if you gave them a flashlight and a map. I get that's also a big tip off as to me knowing uh, pretty sure who sent this. I get very frustrated trying to get anything meaningful accomplished. See, that seems like such a sincere <laughs> letter. Yeah. And then the last sentence is uh, My question is this If your neighbor was just awarded Yard of the Month, is it okay to let your dog poop in their yard? <laughs> Uh, it actually says dog poo in their yard, um, and that is it's signed, uh, signed frustrated in BFE. Uh, so I'm thinking that this is a sincere question and query shrouded in a silly joke at the end. Yeah. But, you know, why not address the actual question first?
1: Okay, if, so he wants to know if it's okay. <laughs>
0: if your neighbor was just awarded yard of the month, is it okay to let your dog poo in their yard?
1: Well, like, how far out of your way do you have to go?
0: <laughs> like... That's a fair my question. my answer is
1: going to vary. Like, if, if prior to this consideration, you were having your dog poop, like, you know, on the median, uh-huh. like, across from your neighbor's yard... Right. Then it, it's fine. I mean, I'm assuming that, that he's not going to pick it up. Right. I if would think that yeah. that
0: is also what is being posited here.
1: <laughs> well, and also... Is your neighbor gonna know this? Is are, like, are they gonna know it's you? And is that the kind of statement that you're you're trying to make?
0: Um, I would say it seems pointed. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the thing. Is like, we got a question, but we didn't get a lot of details yeah. about the actual question. All right,
1: here's what I think. Frustrated in BFE, you listed a lot of details about other members of your community that make you dislike them. Mm -hmm. And then you asked a question entirely unrelated (laughs) to any of those factors at all. Now, you know, I I can be a very vindictive person, Mm -hmm. but I believe really strongly in vengeance being suited to the crime. Okay. And... For that reason, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. Because <laughs> that's
0: with a Z. Because, not okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah because,
1: well, because it's an irrelevant vengeance, sure. and like I, I don't think an irrelevant vengeance is good. What I would love to see you do, frustrated, is if these people have such terrible ideas on all the boards that you're a member of, I would love for you to let one of their ideas pass through. That is going to have horrible or embarrassing consequences for them, because that. Would truly like be an be appropriate vengeance, vengeance for for stupidity and uh, and people with a with a counterproductive agenda.
0: I think that's a great response, uh, especially for something um, <laughs> that was so derailed by a dog poo joke. And
1: also, like, don't get your dog in fault. Like, yeah, if you want to poop in your neighbor's yard, <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's your prerogative. Like, the dog doesn't even know any better. Like, the dog's not.
0: That's Probably also grudge. Really <laughs> um, so I have, um, I have a, an add-on to this advice column request that is related to this because my I believe I don't know which of my neighbors it is. I live in a duplex and there's I have upstairs neighbors, downstairs neighbors, and two in the back. Um, one of the two in the back is my landlord. Um, there is almost always, there are almost always multiple piles of shit in the area between these two buildings. And I have to walk through that to throw the trash away. It's one of the only times I'm in that area. Um, but there's like tables and chairs and stuff, and one of the reasons I'm not out there more is because there's always shit. I have written probably three separate emails (laughs) on three separate occasions over the course of at least a year, if not longer, to my landlord trying to request that this be dealt with, and... At one point was assured it would not be a problem anymore because the person who was the culprit was not going to be living there anymore. (laughs) But someone else has, like, taken on the crown. It makes no sense to me. Can you
1: imagine that conversation (laughs) where it's like, Gus, (laughs) I'm moving to Roscoe Village. (laughs) I'm going to need you to do me one favor. (laughs) Every, Keep leaving shit. <laughs> Every morning at 8 a.m., you've got to assemble five <laughs> finely crafted tiny <laughs> towers of shit in the
0: alley. Like, it's it's to the point where when my Ruby and I take out trash together, we try to do an over-under on how many <laughs> piles of shit there are going to be between our door and where the trash goes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: have you thought of like, planting tiny little flags? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should do that. I'm not
1: saying it would solve the problem, but it might,
0: like, make you laugh. Yeah. Is there... <laughs> I just don't know, like, I don't... The The only other thing that I do to combat it is, like, when we do this and have the over-under, we, like, loudly count how many there are, like, passive-aggressively <laughs> talk about it a lot and about how ridiculous it is. Wait, so who do you think is doing it now? <sighs> I, I think that it is the same person that's been doing it the whole time. And I think it's the other person who lives in the back unit. And I think that is the son of my landlord. <laughs>
1: oh, I see.
0: Well. <laughs> and, and it's j- all, like, it's not grass. It's all concrete. It's like a patio. That's gross. So it's like, it's just... You look at it's the worst during the winter because it's like little piles of shit on top of shitty snow
1: and have you thought about like relocating the piles to this person's doorstep,
0: but I'm not positive that it's theirs. I have thought about place putting like all of it in one place and like just being like. This is not okay.
1: That's one thing. What I was actually picturing was, like, more um, more gaslight style where you move every pile a foot closer to their door, like, every day. So they don't even, they don't even, so until one day they're, like, questioning themselves, like, I did should I, do that. Did I?
0: I, closer I mean, that's I? the thing. Is like I could keep putting them closer to the back steps that like are for both back units, which would include my landlords, and just because I'm, I can't write another email that's like very well crafted in my opinion about how it's absurd that there are piles of shit in our okay, backyard
1: opposite idea from the tiny little flags uh, how about big huge posters <laughs> like <laughs> Just an arrows. An arrow.
0: I okay I'm going to do one of these things I really like the idea of shifting them slowly closer and closer to the back steps I really like that idea um so the next time I'm out there uh yeah that's that's where I'm going to go. All right, thank you for fielding that. Yeah, yeah. I
1: well, actually and I, th- I think that that query like illustrates an, a dynamic often alive with very inconsiderate people is that considerate people find themselves expending a ton of effort like you are just about to, like, go yes. buy a shovel and, like, Move orchestrate of some micro-mo- daily yeah. micro-movement, micro <laughs> yeah. like, shit that isn't yours slowly toward another That's door. That's so true. <laughs> like,
0: in the name of justice. That's <laughs> so fucking true about inconsiderate people versus considerate people. Yeah. Like, what... <sighs> That's so fucking true. And it's one of my life's, like, greatest frustrations. Because I do feel like I try to go out of my way to, like, make uh, inconsiderate people less... make their effect on the world less so. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. How? What? But, like, at some point I only... I'm only one person. Yeah. And, like, considerate people are only a small fraction.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't teach an inconsiderate adult to be considerate. Like, you've got to, you know, people have got to do their part as parents and educators Hmm. to raise, like, generations of of people who know how to treat other people. Um, Definitely, like, as the victim of someone's lack of consideration, you're probably in one of the least, like fruitful positions to like (laughs) suddenly teach them how to be sure and then sure
0: Uh, which i think is (laughs) something a really important thing for people to remember yeah
1: well because here's what i hear a lot is um someone does something horrible to a person and they don't know how to react and it's very, very important in their mind to be the bigger person. Right. Like, this is what I hear. Like I want to take the high road. I want to be the bigger person. And like, there's some value to being the bigger person when you're dealing with someone who is like a generally decent adult. Sure. Who you otherwise respect. That's great. Sure. Maybe a close friend of yours. Yes.
0: That you wouldn't have expected to find yourself in this situation with. But when you're
1: dealing with a horrific monster (laughs) or, like, a terrible bully, like, you've got to remember that being the bigger person is a game that you're playing in your own head in order order to cast yourself, yes, as virtuous. And, like, that's not the game that that other person is playing. Like, they're not... They're not looking to see who can be most virtuous in this situation, like, and they're definitely not going to, like, be watching your reaction to what they did to you and be like, oh my goodness, like, she just reacted so classily to my abuse. I I better not disrespect her anymore or else I'm in for a similarly high class response. That's just not going to happen.
0: Right, that's, right. So, because if that's the kind of person that they were at you and, yeah. in the situation. Yes. That's interesting. And I think really important for people to remember. Yeah. So what do you do in those kind of situations? Just try to tell people to like...
1: It really, like, it totally depends on the person. Like, I think that there are scenarios where you can one-on-one just call someone out like very matter-of-factly for something that they did and Mm -hmm. you don't have to kick and scream but you you know you do have to be frank with them about um the you know the inappropriateness of of what has just happened and this Mm -hmm. is something i'm sure i stole this from from somewhere but like people have asked me sometimes because i get um I, I'm friends with some younger per- people who, who will ask me questions about like work situations sure. you know, like career stuff and um, you know often the format of the question is something like someone in a work environment just said something or did something totally inappropriate like you know offensive or inconsiderate or sexist or whatever Sure. and you know I think an appropriate reaction in a lot of those situations is just completely straight faced wide eyed like, curiosity. Like, why would you say something like that?
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: I can't believe you said that. And then stare them dead in the eyes. That's great. Um, so, I, th- I think I that that's one way to handle it. I, I mean, I'm not above um, making somebody's actions, like, very embarrassingly public.
0: Yeah. Um, there was... Actually, okay. especially if you think that's what you know—that's how the lesson gets learned.
1: Well, yeah. So the situation that immediately comes to mind <coughs> is um, there was there was one time that my my ex's mother wrote something very nasty on my Facebook wall after after it was a, it was long after we broke up. He he had had to like pay me some money in small claims court, and this was like <sighs> a, a week after. Wow. that. She wrote something very mean on my wall, and um, I didn't totally know how to respond at first. And what I ended up doing was um, opening up all my privacy settings and sharing a link to the post with everyone that I knew. (laughs) And... (gasps) via like email or facebook or well at (laughs) first by email and then i was just like telling people in real life and then like someone posted it to reddit at one point (laughs) and um so so she and this was in uh this was in 2011, Mm -hmm. when, like, liking and comments, like, you would still, by default, you'd get an email every time somebody liked or commented on your post. Right, yeah. So, she deleted it after it had over a thousand likes, like, (laughs) 400-something comments, (laughs) and that's the type of thing, like, that is what I, what I consider just, like, the golden (gasps) example of, like... A vengeance fitting the crime.
0: Is did the, like, you uh, did you comment or like on it at all?
1: I liked it. I was the first person to like it. Okay, because because wh- my first reaction was just like, what would be funny here? Oh yeah, like, that's hilarious. Um, that's fucking great. Um, <laughs> and then it was like a couple hours later that I, that I started telling people about it.
0: That's amazing. Um, <laughs> it
1: is like the absolute perfect illustration of like. The consequences were exactly what, like, naturally came out of the behavior. Sure. And they
0: could... If you're going to do something this public and absurd, then I'm going to do something this public and absurd. Yeah, like, you're
1: going to have attention drawn, you know, like, if, if you don't want a thousand, you know, two thousand people to know that you said this, then don't say it where two thousand people can see that you've said it, um... (laughs) You know, and that's also incredible. not only like were the consequences perfectly perfectly suited to the behavior, but also the only way to make the consequences stop was to undo what had been done
0: that's awesome um, uh, I am oh to was to force her to to take it down, yeah, yeah of course, um this makes me. Uh, aware that when I slowly move all the piles of shit, <laughs> I have to take pictures every time I do it. <laughs> we'll put together a time lapse. I wonder how hyperlapse. Yeah, I wonder how many um, like iterations I'm gonna have to do of shit piles until I can actually get like a flipbook worth. <laughs> Because I want, like, a bunch of pictures, and I'm not going to move it all in the same day. Like, it's going to be, like, you know, once a day, maybe twice a day. (laughs)
1: This is, like, a new hobby that you're going to have to make time for. Yeah,
0: yeah, which, um, oh, my boss is going out of town tomorrow for two weeks. This is perfect timing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. I'm just, like, making mental notes as we do this. All right, uh, um, that was awesome because we got to cover so much that, like, had nothing to do with that. But also still had to do with, uh, with good, like, solid advice, and uh, I love that we're already getting a sense of, like, the kind of advice columnist you would be. Wait, which is what? Uh, one that gives great suggestions for vengeance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. Actually, like, a disturbing amount of my advice has to do with, with like, wreaking appropriate vengeance, <laughs> like... I think I would be a good sentencing judge.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I would
1: would be like, gavel, gavel, gavel. (laughs) Here's how it's going to (laughs) be. I'm going to give you a series of 17 tiny flags. (laughs) Here's what I want you to do. (laughs)
0: Uh, Okay. Um, let's see. Let's do this one. Um... Simply, I'd like to hear your best practices for stress relief and stress management. How does an intelligent and worldwise person as yourself maintain a healthy schedule that contains all the necessary goodness that life has to offer? What advice can you give those who are overstressed? How do you find balance in a world that's consistently unbalanced? How do you give yourself permission to relax? Any and all tips will be greatly appreciated. Uh that's from confessed from a stressed mess. Hashtag boners come and go, but love is for real world road rules. <laughs> I don't well, know what that has to do with it, but I love that that's involved. Uh, well,
1: uh, definitely you can reduce stress by reducing the number of hashtags.
0: <laughs>
1: and name. Um, that's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. There are a lot of questions in there. But, like, the thing that occurs to me pretty immediately is that, like, one, no one cares. And, and two, get older. Um, <laughs> I, and I don't mean either, either of either those <gasps> in a bad way. I right. I think that um, my ability to manage stress has gotten older, has gotten better. Like, the older I've gotten and the more that... I have stopped caring about, like, sort of objective measures of, you know, how much I'm doing and how much I'm accomplishing and whether or not I'm going to ever be famous. Like, you know what's cool about me right now is that I know I'm never going to be famous. (laughs) Like, I'm 31. Yeah. I will never be famous, so it's like all of that, that. Suddenly, this whole genre of like things I felt I had to do have, has been just like chopped off, right? Just because I've like heard that's you not
0: make this same like diatribe before, <laughs> <laughs> and like probably something surrounding a um, improv show. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, well, and that's similar too. Like I feel the same way about improv, and like that's like a, a point of a little bit of frustration for me because I, I think that like Chicago is not a great scene to be doing improv in if if your attitude toward improv is like oh, I want to do one show and have it be great sure. <laughs> which is kind of what mine is um but
0: I think um, that's fair
1: but yeah i mean i, I i'm not going to get famous um, I'm not going to, like, be a late-night comedy show writer as a career. And um, that's awesome because it means there are now a hundred things that, that I... You just don't have I, to worry about. I neither about. have to do nor have to feel bad that I'm not doing. Um, so, mm-hmm. so that's w- one thing. But, you know, I think, like, you can get rid of, to, to put it more broadly, like, you can get rid of a lot of stress by, like, trying to remove FOMO from your life. And just realizing that like nobody does everything, sure. And the people around you are definitely not counting up the things that that you're doing. Like, so I don't, I don't do a lot, like mm-hmm. socially, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've talked about it. Right. But like, when you think about me and hanging out with me, I'm just going to project on you right now. Like, sure. All you're probably thinking is like. Wow, haven't seen Liz in a while. You're not thinking like, wow, I bet her life is so boring. I can't believe oh, yeah. I can't believe that all she did today was like sit in her apartment, like <laughs> telling her cat that he's the chairman of the itty bitty shitty kitty committee. <laughs> which is what I spent this morning doing. <laughs> you know, but like there's no the the old person. The only person who's like evaluating the contents of my life is is me. It's and you. if I'm if I'm cool with that, then, um, then that is cool. So like from a big picture perspective, like if someone is chronically stressed, I would seriously examine like what are the ingredients in your life, and are there too many of them, or are or are other particular things that are like perpetual sources of stress? Mm-hmm. Whether that's a job or a relationship or a project or <clears throat> or some group of friends that is, like, bringing more... That, that's, like, neither mandatory nor pleasurable.
0: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and
1: to put that's it in, in one way.
0: A great... Um, I think that's a great, like, rule of thumb, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. For, and that's kind of, like, you know, some something that I try... If I have a life mission statement, uh-huh. yet, like, it would be something akin to that. That You know, I, I try to do things... Only the things that are mandatory and the things that are pleasurable. If something is not, like, making me happy
0: and I don't have to do it, it's, it's gone. fuck that thing. That, that is it. Which seems like such, uh, like, common sense. But you saying it even, like, you know, even just between the two of us, I'm, like, wrecking, you know, I'm, like, going through my Rolodex of so uh-huh. shit I do that is, like what, you know, does this rule apply to mm-hmm. all these things? And if the answer is no, I should probably, like, address that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and I think it's like... I
1: don't know, I think it's a dieting principle, like, applied to life, basically. Because I, I feel like the first context that I heard that in was, like, I'm only going to eat food that is, like, good for me or,
0: like, that I love the taste of. That's great. That's a great, yeah. like, I mean, this. you know, you got some bonus dieting advice. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I think there's so much of an onus. FOMO is certainly a huge part of it. And uh, that's fear of missing out for everyone who's yes. not as up on their uh uh, young, young speak, internet speak is probably yeah. more accurate. youth slang. Youth, youth words, words when the slangs. Um, so, uh, there's probably a lot of fear of missing out on things, but also, I think there's this sense of, like, <coughs> you said it well when you're, th- when you, when you clarified that, like, no one cares what you're doing except for you, uh. I think there's a big sense of, like, but I'll let X person down, or, Mm -hmm. which I'm, like, totally guilty Mm -hmm. of, um, but this person was expecting me to do this. So I think that the time to realize that you're going to (laughs) regret when you say something like that is before you agree to do it. Yeah. which I think I've gotten better at as I get older as well, is um, making sure that uh, if I'm saying yes to something, it's because I actually want to do it.
1: Oh, yeah. I never say yes to that. I mean, my kind of, like, default when I'm invited to something is like, oh, probably no Because <laughs> it's just the truth. Um, but now that you say that, I got this email from Ryan Ben today that really made me laugh. Aww. Um That was, like, extremely related to this topic. Oh, that's great. Um, Because it was an invitation to a show, Mm -hmm. which... You know, I, I despise receiving. Sure. I, I really... I don't like being invited to show. Like, I like knowing what shows are going on. Right. right. So, like, if someone is in a show, I want them to post it to Facebook. Like, right. as a post so that I know about it. I do sure. not want to, like, receive an invitation to yeah. it. Yeah. And I certainly do not
0: want to receive a mass email to it. Sure. Okay. Um, Wait, So, you think mass email is more offensive <laughs> than... <coughs> well, mass... This is why people do mass emails is because... Most people are inundated by Facebook invitations to things.
1: Honestly, actually, let me, like, rearrange what I said because I I do feel like the email is less annoying because the yes. email does not result in constant reminders yes. of the event. I was going like, to say... automatically putting it on my calendar.
0: That is why I uh, clarified because, to me, an, a Facebook invite, especially when you get, like once a week from the same person or whatever it is, oh, yeah. is so obnoxious, so, and I'm probably gonna <laughs> let you not invite me to things on Facebook.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, you know you can, like, block event invites yeah. from people. I'm, my, like, block event, I'm zero tolerance on it, and my list is, I swear to you, like, 45 people That's, doesn't and surprise me at all. They're all very sweet people right. who I would love to see in a show. I just don't want to be marketed to. Sure. And the truth is that, like, I don't go to very many shows um, and so y- you know, the, ch- the chances that I'll go to that show are are low.
0: Super low anyway.
1: So, I got this email from Ryan today that says, Liz, it is your favorite thing in the world. An invitation to a sketch show that is well past your vent time. <laughs> and then... Almost the entire email is is like personalized. There's a little bit of cut and paste from uh, from the event invitation, uh-huh. um, and then there's some some personal stuff at the end, and then and then he closes it by saying, "Also, also, for some reason, your bagel wiping ass story has popped into my <laughs> head a bunch recently, which is like." <laughs> I mean, the key to my heart... Okay. I'm, like, pretty straightforward with what I love and what I hate. I hate event invitations. I love reminders of funny
0: things that I have said. (laughs) (laughs) So, like... He nailed it. He bookended it with... A plus, Ryan. The best things he could have done to try to get (laughs) you to come to that show. Yeah, I might actually go to the show. Oh, yeah! If I don't,
1: I will at least respond.
0: And be like, hey... Good job. Like, <laughs> yeah. good on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, like
1: very, very effective one-to-one That's marketer. adorable. Um, yes. So, okay, so we talked about managing stress, like, big picture, but I think also it's important to note that, like, any life, no matter how simply architected and how, how much, like, cat time is involved in it, <laughs> is is going to have a certain amount of stress. So um, I think that mindfulness techniques are very, very helpful for in the moment. I've got to give a plug to a new app I've been using Yes, um, called Headspace. It is, um, like, these 10-minute guided meditations. Mm -hmm. Um, Really simple, really not... Like, one thing that, that has turned me off from a lot of, like, mindfulness genre stuff is that it tends to be, like, a little overly spiritual and, like it has like a belief system that goes along like even sure. yoga i feel like gets a yeah. little bit like here's what yoga is all about i um, use a
0: calm.com <laughs> app every once in a while nice. for a similar thing so
1: i've been head spacing like very <laughs> reliably mm-hmm. and um it helps it's actually really good like it's a it's a very cool thing to be able to just like listen to yourself breathe for mm-hmm. a few minutes it's mm-hmm. something that that people don't normally do
0: Cool. I think that's great advice. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that it helps. <laughs> Hashtag boners come and go, but loves for real world road rules. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't even know what that means. I'm not sure that I uh, yeah, do I, either. I I don't know if that. I, love okay. If the letter writer doesn't mind commenting world. when this gets posted, like did you mean to put that hashtag in part of your sign-off or, or was that meant to be typed elsewhere?
0: I Yeah, um, yeah I'll say, and if you uh, don't want to comment, you can use, I'll just leave the Google form up <laughs> and me <laughs> and Liz can see your response. Yes, exactly. Um, you know,
1: my uh, a, a good friend of mine is a, um, a college admissions director and uh, he told me the story once of how he received... Um, An application essay that was, like, you know, it was your pretty standard, like, talk about someone who has inspired you essay. And the last sentence of the essay went, like, and that's why I will always admire everything my mother has given up for her children. Like, enter, 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 capital letters, butt faces. (laughs) And, oh, like, no. clearly this girl had, been, had, like, meant to type that into, like, an IM window while oh, she was no. typing this up. And it was on the Common app, too. So it, like, oh, went to how, no. however many schools that, that she applied to. I mean, I guess it could have been worse. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, it could have been worse than Buffett. Faces. But But that's what that hashtag made me think
0: of. Oh, uh, sure. Um... Okay, we have two more, and we've already been talking for an hour. Nice. You thought that we'd be talking for seven minutes. Uh, What is the etiquette of bringing a full growler to a house party? Party. Or more specifically, what is the etiquette of bringing the bottle itself home again? For example, let's see. Let's say I'm BYOBing some beer to a birthday house party. Obviously, I go for a growler fill at the local microbrewery rather than a six-pack from the local liquor store. So I show up to the party, put the growler in the fridge, and then eventually get around to pouring myself a cup and offering it around to whomever is nearby. Now, when it comes time to leave, is it... Just the right thing to do to leave the empty or near-empty reusable growler as a gift for the host? Or can I take it home with with me without raising eyebrows? Your thoughts are much appreciated. Uh, Signed, Baffled in British Columbia.
1: Alright, Baffled. I'm probably not going to raise my eyebrow at you if you take home your growler from a party. But I also think, like... Don't bring anything to a party that you wouldn't be kind of willing to to leave behind. I think
0: that's a fair point.
1: Um, I I, I don't know. Like, what is what does a growler cost? Just like the bottle.
0: I I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I guess the cost difference of getting it and versus getting it refilled, it couldn't be more than five bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It just seems a little weird to me. Like okay maybe i would raise my eyebrow like if i if i noticed someone doing it like if i <laughs> if i was at a party and like someone was like rustling around in the fridge being like i'm on my way out but i gotta get my growler right i got it with me it's mine right um yeah that, that that would be a little strange to me um and i also think that like one of the maybe the answer also depends on like How much liquid is left in it? Because certainly, like one of the expectations when you're hosting a party is that you know the thing that you get out of all your hard work from cleaning your toilets and like (laughs) buying chips for everyone is that like there's some beer. There is booze left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure.
0: Um, So you think growlers half full? You leave the growler at the party.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I. Growler's That's half I,
0: empty <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: where I'm leading with it Is like the more liquid is in it The more you should leave it at the party If it's fully empty I guess I could interpret your taking it home As an effort to help clean up From the party
0: That's fair uh, So do you think there's like Do you think there's more to be said Where the like etiquette of that situation Is concerned in terms of like Do you th- like Because <laughs> they even said like uh, as a gift for the host yeah, so, yeah. so I guess that assumes that the host will be like oh wow got a cool growler out of this yes. we can go refill it I, at and this actually, place actually that
1: is a consideration too that like I can imagine like some hosts that would be meaningful too and some mm-hmm. hosts would be like Who "Wouldn't give why they leave this empty bottle on my and counter and then
0: throw it away <laughs> Yeah, thus so, losing five bucks thus losing that can't be more than five bucks yeah. maybe it is I don't know yeah. I don't I feel like this falls into
1: one of those areas where it's like the etiquette around the situation is so like factor dependent and such a gray area that'll never make or break you that like do whatever you think is the least awkward thing to do in the situation. That's fair. Um, so like Actually, I feel like a ton of etiquette questions fall into that category that's so where funny. it's like whatever you can do without making a big thing of it is is the right thing
0: to do. I would say that's usually what I try to default <laughs> to where things like this are concerned of like, well, I would love to like take the rest of this home, but I don't want to do it in this room full of people, so yeah. guess I'm leaving it here or whatever yeah, it is. No one's
1: gonna notice and like if it matters more to you than it does to other people then then you just then do, do it anyway it. Like, you're probably, and are You're that. probably not going to birthday party hell, like, if you take home your growler. Like, or even if you take home someone else's growler.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, too. And the other <laughs> thing that I would throw into that, like, you're probably not going to birthday party hell, is, uh, um, do, like, do you think that the host—can you ask yourself if the host— like saw that I was taking this growler with me would they say to themselves fuck that guy <laughs> i was going to keep the fuck out of that growler <laughs> it
1: like depends on the host
0: yeah me too yeah so i think i think that's sufficiently yeah. answered agreed uh cool last one dear liz my wife and i recently moved to denver from chicago where we both performed comedy in a few different groups we loved Chicago and had a great set of friends out there, but neither of us are originally from the Midwest, and we decided it was time when it was time to start a family, we would move to be closer to the grandmas and grandpas. The trouble is that since moving, we haven't really made a lot of new friends, and none who we've bonded with like our comedy pals. We like Denver and like being close to our families, but we're missing that connection with people our age that was such a big part of our lives back in Chattown. Some have suggested we try to get into the improv and sketch scene out here in Denver, but both of us are a little reluctant. She, because the improv we've seen out here is kind of weird, (laughs) family-friendly with little to no faith in the audience, and myself, because I think approaching sketch like a band putting up a drummer-wanted sign at the Guitar Center is a terrible, (laughs) terrible idea. So... Do we join a kickball league or something? What do people who don't perform comedy do to make friends as adults? Do I have to go back to college? We just had a baby, man. I can't afford that. <laughs> Any advice would be appreciated. Sincerely, Defriended in Denver. Oh,
1: Defriended in Denver. I have so many different, like, wildly diverging thoughts on this question. Okay. Um, and a lot of them do have to do with getting old a- again. Um, so one thing I would say is, like, Defriended. Defriended. You've got to lower your standards for new friends. <laughs> like, you definitely, like... It is borderline unacceptable to me that your reason for not wanting to get involved in the improv scene there is that you've seen shows and don't think they're good. Because chances are there are people involved in that scene that also don't think those shows are good. That's that, you know, a fair point. would be viable people to, to do good shows with you. Um, I have seen, th- and 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 I feel confident saying this because I have seen thriving improv scenes in lots of places that are not New York, LA, or Chicago. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I would loosen up on that, and uh, you know, like join some stupid team, go to an audition, go to a class, and, like, the worst possible thing that'll happen is that you'll have, like, 12 new acquaintances that aren't particularly funny. (laughs) It's just, like, 12 more acquaintances than you have now. Yeah. Um, You know, I also think, like, it's... It behooves us to think back, like, on our own comedy careers um, to, like, the less good work that we've done. Sure. And... You know, we've all done shitty shows and, like, been in shitty groups, but that does not mean that all the people involved in those projects were Were, not, like, really funny people or, like, really great, lifelong friends. Sure. Um, there is much more to the quality of a show than, like, the individual people's personalities involved in it.
0: That's a really good point. Uh, before you continue, um what about sketch stuff? It's easier to get involved in things like that, and that's something that's, um, you know... That's true. I
1: don't do a ton of sketch, so I I don't, like, really know how to get involved in it in Uh any city, but I have to imagine, like, auditions are probably more of a thing. Um... How you know? However, you'd need to get into it. Try try to get into it. It's a. I mean, and it's. A I weird guess it thing. could also.
0: Like, I mean, a lot of sketch in Chicago stems from things like people who met through improv. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's probably a that decent is, thing to keep in mind. Yes. I was just curious to see what you had.
1: Um. And I, like, I relate to parts of this question so hard because, <clears throat> like, I moved to Chicago from Boston when I was twenty-five. I have been doing improv for 10 years. You know, I I had performed, you know, at improv theaters in Boston and, like, earned tens of dollars um, <laughs> performing sure. improv. And, um, you know, Chicago's improv scene is, like, very, very suited to people who pack up their things and drive out here immediately from college. And, sure. And, you know, spend a few years, like grouping around, like, going to shows, doing, taking every opportunity, taking every class, going to every show, just, like, getting their faces seen, and, um, it was really hard for me because, like, I wasn't so interested in that. Sure. Um, but I did it anyway. Like, I, I had to do a certain amount of just, like, well, this is how you meet, like, you know, I, nobody cares, that I'm overqualified for a level 1 improv class. Like yeah. the fact is that like if I expect to meet anybody and and to like exercise the muscle of doing improv, like that is the way to do that. Sure. Um and so so that's what I did and I, I did that for a while and I I don't want to underplay like it probably was a year or more after moving before I had that feeling of like, Oh, I have friends. I have comedy friends here just because like it, it takes a while. And like when you like this letter writer has a kid, like that automatically like stratifies them away from like any peers in, in the comedy, like peers in the sense of like level of establishment within that comedy community. Sure. Um, so, like, give it time, I guess, yeah. is is the second point that, like, I'm not sure when you moved, but it may be, like, a very long while before you, like, successfully recreated the social life that you had the last place you lived. Um, and then final point is that, like, social life changes as you get older and and as you have kids and, like, there's some amount of I think just like embracing the fact that your family is going to start to play a much bigger role in your social life yeah. from here on out um, and also the people that don't live nearby are going to start playing a bigger role in, in your social life and you're going you know you're going to have friends that you see three or four times a year and and yeah. that is it and you're going to have people that you're friends with because of their close proximity to you even though you have nothing in common and <laughs> you know those, those friendships are like beautiful and valuable too um it's going to be different but it's it sounds like you could do a lot more to uh to be Be more open-minded to getting
0: there sure i think that's a great answer um and yeah it's just so moving is hard it Especially is, when you're like really established in the place that well, you work.
1: Moving and it sounds like going through an enormous life change yeah, at, the, that's a good at point. the same exact time. Mm-hmm. Like I have to imagine that this is like not even number two or three on the list of like ways your lifestyle has has become different lately.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Um cool. That was it. That was that was all the S I love that. The S glizzes that we got. That was great. I'm really glad that you had the idea to do that. I um, <laughs> it was so fun. Especially because um, it, they, it also, like, led to coloring um, answers with other, like, bits and pieces of yeah. what you get out of advice columns. Yeah. So that was great. That was kudos cool. to you for that being your idea. And kudos to you for collecting such great questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you think there's anything that you haven't spoken to that you definitely want to? Um or any other like column that you want to talk oh, about?
1: Okay. I have to plug Ask Fancy okay. on Jezebel, Okay. Um, which is written by a friend of mine. Um it Sweet. actually I I actually think that the growler question would be very very ripe for answering there because she is very well versed in um Manners of social etiquette. Cool. And so uh,
0: for the situations uh, listener who submitted that, if you're interested in fielding more advice, ask Fancy. Ask Fancy.
1: I'm I'm extraordinarily not fancy. <laughs>
0: oh, I am, like, if you're not fancy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a thing that, I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, sorry, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> back, back in the old Reagan, Reagan days, um, four of us were having a meal, it was the three ladies of Reagan, Reagan, myself, Liz, and, uh, Jesse Segner, um, past guests of the show, because everyone has been except you. <laughs> and and um, Nick Johnson, I yeah. think, was the the male in our presence. And uh, I can't remember what, like... Do you remember the situation it was, that... The server came over and said, ladies first. That's right, that's right, that's
1: right. And there was a glance exchanged across the entire table. Everyone looked at you. And I was like...
0: In what world am I the lady among a group of people? And then you're like, wait, yeah, you guys are probably right. (laughs) Or something to that effect. Like, it it was just like, it was like you realizing that you had actually found yourself surrounded with people that you were like the most lady of. (laughs) It's so Uh, strange because I am
1: like... Uh, it's funny just, like, how your surroundings, like, change your self-perception. Because I I am, like, a really, like, a lady. I, I And I do hate that term. Sure. Like, I was in a discussion yesterday where someone asked, like, what is your preferred term for referring to a group of female-identifying people over 18? Okay. And obviously women.
0: Women. And sometimes women was Sometimes first guys. Thought. Yeah, sure. Guys. You guys. Guys. <laughs> guys. <laughs> you guys. You guys. Also, a big big Liz uh, um, marker. <laughs> but ladies.
1: I mean, it just means a certain...
0: Ladies!
1: Um, another thing that was really interesting in that discussion was the term gals came up, and there Ooh. was like, pretty solid consensus that like, if we're calling each other gals, we are like... <laughs> a group of stay-at-home moms ready to get just a little bit nasty today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the only time I say gals is if it comes after (laughs) (laughs) Gabin-like.
1: I would never use that word. I mean, you and I can be gals if we're, like, literally riding horses. At the time. Can we also be Gavin-like? <laughs> um, what was my point, though? Yeah, so, oh. like, I definitely, like, You're I'm... You're not fancy. I'm, like, yeah. I mean, I'm, like, an indoor cat. Like, I wear jewelry. I, you know, like... I'm wearing no makeup today, which <laughs> means brows and lipstick. Um, and that kind of thing. But I When also, I wear makeup,
0: it only means mascara and maybe concealer. <laughs> maybe.
1: Uh, and then there are other ways that I just, I don't know, I think of myself as just like... I don't know, like a football coach sometimes. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, get in there, champ! <laughs> Even if that is, like, not how other people would.
1: I, I mean, sometimes it just depends on the group of people. Yeah. Like, entirely.
0: Right. Um,
1: and I, I <laughs> think... From a bunch <laughs> of fucking slobs on Ray <laughs> No, I mean, you guys are real lovable, but you're all, like... A bunch of rascals.
0: <laughs> I think that was why we all got along. You're definitely like very rascally. Oh yeah, uber. I for it. I would, I would say it.
1: that I was the mom of that group, but yeah. I was definitely more like the grandmother, like, <laughs> the, the Dame Judy Dench. Of
0: that group. You were totally the Dame of Reagan Reagan. Uh, I don't know what that makes me. I think probably the kid brother. Maybe. Uh, but there are a lot of kid brothers in that. In that bunch.
1: That's true. It was like all kid. Bro- I mean, sitcom family of all kid brothers. Brother. <laughs>
0: uh, six kid bros in a dame. I could
1: be a kid brother when I wanted to. For I mean, sure. Let's not forget Jason. <laughs>
0: Oh, Jason! The best thing about Jason as a character is that it was just all legs. <laughs> like, it was just a real leg character. Uh, I
1: wish this was a, had a
0: video. Yeah, yeah, just like a lot of high steps and like wide sitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <doing> this thing,
1: <laughs> legs completely spread. I gotta take Knee a peek. over the arm of a chair. Yeah, Jason, everybody. <laughs> and I've got a kicky leg, too. It's like an animated.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jason be a- is
1: like a marionette. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Jason is totally a marionette of yeah. a kid brother. Yeah. Um, okay, we could do things like that all day. Um, the last question that I'll ask is... Uh, How do you feel like your love of advice columns has influenced you both creatively and just your life in general?
1: Um, It makes me drawn to advice situations, like in real life. And I feel like people, um, people smell that about me. Like (gasps) if they, even if they've never heard me give advice or like talked about advice with me, like it is very free, like, despite my dearth of, like, advice seeking emails uh-huh. in my inbox, it is very frequent that someone will approach me and be like, hey,
0: I gotta get your read on this situation. That's so funny and doesn't surprise me at all. And,
1: and it's like, I think people can just tell that I'm just, like, bursting with the desire to, like, tell people how <laughs> to do it.
0: Uh huh. That's so funny.
1: Um, I think, too, like, it makes me, I. It, it, it makes me want to be a, a boss and a manager. Like cool. I think that that aspect of of my job is is definitely one of my favorites. Like one of the ones I find it endlessly. I, I think everyone finds like parts of their job boring or like disengaging in in some times. Sure. And the aspect of my job that is literally never boring to me is is the like being people's manager.
0: That's part. so like, funny. There's
1: no end to like. The interest I have in, like, having someone come to me and, like, tell me about something that's going on in their job and, like, let me apply my techniques to them. That's
0: great. I love love that. I I mean, it's seemingly there should be more people who uh, are in managerial positions who thrive on those kinds of situations. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I feel
1: like it's more often the opposite. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, more often people are like, oh, I really love my
1: job except that part where I have to, like, deal with... Other people, yeah, and, and you know, manage their careers. But I love it. I mean, I I feel like it's just an interest of of my like not just the advice thing, but the thought of like how do you make people better? How do you make people motivated? How how do you like prompt like performance That's in, awesome. in others? I th- I think is just like an endlessly interesting thing and, and something I'll never get tired of.
0: Like I said, man, I think I was just having a conversation with people about this last night. I genuinely think that if you pulled, like, you know, X number of, if you pulled a hundred people, especially at like what I would consider what most of my friends' jobs are, like job level is, um, if you pulled a hundred people, I bet ninety of those people would say that want the worst thing about their job is how they're managed
1: oh yeah no that's definitely true i like um i took a course one time that sort of opened with the statement that like the number one reason that people leave jobs is because of a subpar relationship with their manager their direct supervisor that doesn't
0: surprise me at all
1: um and and so i think that that you know it it makes the responsibility very clear. Yeah. Of, like, even if you can't see it day to day, like, knowing that the, the way that you act, like, the way that you lead people is, is like, a primary factor in whether or not they're going to stay in the job.
0: That's super important. Thanks for doing your part in <laughs> being a good manager. <laughs> I didn't say I was good. <laughs> uh, thanks for doing your part in um, enjoying the uh, the act of being a manager yeah, of people. Yeah, I think that helps. Because I think there are plenty of people who like, in those positions are like, ugh gotta figure out what my peons should be doing. I don't understand that, like really. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know either, what but that mindset. Yeah.
1: But, Ugh, whatever.
0: figure it out. Yeah. That's for another <laughs> advice. <laughs> I guess people would have to be saying like, I hate being a manager. What yeah. can I do?
1: Yeah, which I guess some them. people do. Oh, I forgot to plug Ask a Manager. Oh, um, really? Obviously, um, Which is just, like, one of the most wonderful workplace advice columns there there ever was. And I I really, really credit her with my ability to do a job effectively. Cool. And, and to, like, succeed at work because she speaks very candidly and directly about a lot of things that just, like, I think take people time to learn. That's awesome. Um, and that you wouldn't. You wouldn't necessarily know if you weren't consulting a resource that told you, like, this is how it works. This is this is what this person's priority is, and this is why this is going on, and this is what you should and should never do.
0: That's awesome. Uh, and seemingly really should be probably utilized more because I think most of the things that people find themselves bitching about are work-related things just because mm-hmm. it's a thing that most people don't want to be doing in the first place. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this was the it's best. Time. I mean, you were su- such a big part of what actually got me to do it. So I'm so glad this is a big full circle. I
1: finally got over it.
0: <laughs> uh, Liz, I love you, and I mean that.
1: I love you back. I also mean it. Oh yeah. Uh, poppers on the house. Poppers. On the- <laughs>